What can you do when you're feeling anxiety, when you're feeling worry, or in advance of that? Welcome to the Grow Time Business Devo, where we explore biblical principles for living a high performance and a God-honoring life. My name is Kenneth Ott. Today, we're in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And these were my, my verses for this morning's devotion, and they're ones that you probably know. It's the verse that speaks about being anxious for nothing. And I'll read it here in a second. But just for context, we're actually, over the last several business devos, we've worked backwards from that famous verse, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And then we worked back from there about contentness and then back from that contentness into what we should be focusing on. Paul talks about all the things that we should be focusing on. And then we're at the start of this chapter, which is really the beginning of how we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It's like the, these are all building on top of each other. And this is the first one about being anxious for nothing. It's kind of the prerequisite in a way for being able to successfully do all these things that he talks about. And then, you know, Philippians 4.13, which is I can do all things through Christ, Christ who strengthens me. And so I'm going to read it here and then we're going to break it down. I'm actually going to start in verse four. So verse four says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Paul speaks about something here that is kind of an epidemic in our current day. And it's the idea of anxiety. It's the idea of worry. And it's funny because the Bible speaks about worry sort of so many times, right? It, Jesus talks about it. And he talks about how worry doesn't even add a single day to your life. So why worry about tomorrow? And enough is the trouble for one day today. The Psalms talk about worry and anxiety and the idea of fretting. And Paul here is talking about anxiety. And I know it's something that seems unavoidable in a lot of ways. As I go through life, I, I, um, I work really hard on this idea of worry. My entire life, I've always, I've always worked hard to eliminate this idea of worry or lessen it. In fact, this verse has always been one of my favorite verses because it speaks to something that all of us struggle with. It's in many ways, the, the most challenging thing about living life, the idea of worry. I mean, can you imagine what would it look like if you didn't ever worry? If you didn't ever worry, you'd basically have a very pleasant and enjoyable life, even in bad situations. And so this idea of worry is, is really challenging. And there's a really great promise here, right? God promises that his peace will cover you and surpass all understanding. So I'm going to get to breaking this down, but I just want to start with the idea of worry and anxiety. I know that we all understand worry, but maybe we don't understand it to the greatest extent. I would define worry as the belief or the expectation 
or the fear that the thing that you don't want to happen will happen, that the undesirable outcome will be the thing that happens. It's, it's the fear that that will happen. It's not a present fear. Worry is not, worry and anxiety has nothing to do with present danger. It has to do with your mind projecting possible danger and potentially actually expecting that possible danger in the future. And it's funny because we've talked about this idea of belief and expectation. I believe these are some of the superpowers that have been given to us that are built into our minds and they can work to our advantage. And worry in a way is actually that superpower working to our disadvantage. It's that same muscle. It's that same ability of expecting something, believing in something. It's creativity and imagination is simply applied to the negative. And so part of eliminating worry, reducing worry is actually understanding what it is and what it isn't. It's not an actual danger. It's a future potential danger. Now you may say that that danger is likely and that's debatable because you don't know the future, even if you think it's likely, but it is an imagined thing, okay? It is not a present danger. Our minds want us to think it's a present danger. I would actually say that that the devil wants us to believe it's a present danger. I mean, what better way to stop someone from doing something than to make them full of worry about that thing? You know, we've talked about living this ambitious life that, that is the thing that links us all together, right? This, this idea of having ambition and pursuing something. This idea of potential and living to the maximum potential. How better to remove your potential or to eliminate your ability to access that than to create a ton of worry around the things that you're going after? How many people don't do things because they're scared of the negative outcome of potentially doing them, right? The failure or the shame or something like that. That's, that's happened a lot in my life. Um, I can think of a lot of situations where the fear of failure, the fear of shame stopped me from potentially doing something. And early on, I realized I don't want to eliminate the possibility of the upside at the potential for the downside, which might be failure or shame. You know, I, I've talked about this idea of the rocking chair analogy, right? And, um, and it's this idea that you sit on, you, you picture the end of your life, you're sitting on your porch, you're sitting on your rocking chair and you're thinking back to what, what were all the things, what were the things that, um, oh, actually it's, it's not, I don't want to, th- it's not thinking about your regrets. It's thinking back, like imagine you're on the rocking chair. Wouldn't you have wanted to do all these things, right? The things that you have, the desires in your heart, the, the calling to do that, that's pulling you forward. Wouldn't it feel horrible to be sitting on that chair and have not done them because you were scared to act on them because of anxiety, because of worry? So there's worry that keeps us from the upside. This, and for the high performance, ambitious person, for, the, for someone who's maybe a business owner 
or a business leader or, or a leader of a home or a leader of a, leader of a church and pursuing a mission. Anxiety and worry can keep you from that. Um, I can think of so many times where I've been worried about, for me, worry tends to be about providing and protection, right? For my family, for my business, for my employees, for, for all of my team, for, for, for that, that tends to be where it is. It also, on the flip side of that, maybe this is what pushes me forward or part of it, is I tend to worry that I won't achieve the things that I know I'm supposed to achieve, right? And, um, and so that kind of keeps me doing things that I would maybe be scared to do. But worry keeps you from doing the things that you're called to do. It also cripples people. You know, we have this this epidemic of anxiety right now. And it's likely related to this thing, the phone, right? It's likely related to the access of information and the awareness of global situations and the comparison and trying to compare ourselves to millions and millions of people on social media and all these different things, right? All that we were not made, our bodies were not made to process that in a way. And this is not a, this is not a Devo about a phone, but maybe, maybe it should be. Um, Maybe I should do a different one. Um, In a way, access to unlimited information. Is it possible that we don't have the capacity to have access to unlimited information. And that maybe the capacity to access unlimited information is actually God's responsibility, right? And is it possible that us trying to be God can create a lot of anxiety and worry and all kinds of other issues in our bodies? And it's clearly that clear that it's that that's happening. But worry is this idea of expecting the undesirable outcome. I have a friend that tells me a story often. He was in a really, really great position, like one of the best jobs that he could have imagined. And as I said, my, when I worry, it tends to be around provision and providing and protecting, protection. And that might be you too. He was feeling like he should go start his own thing, move from that position and go start his own thing. And he was praying about it and he was talking to other people about it. And, and he was really concerned about this move. Um, and, the, and so someone came up to him and said, why are you worried? What are you worried about? Why are you not making this move? You, you clearly know that you should. You clearly have, have the vision and the mission and the calling to do this. And you're capable of it. So what, what's keeping you from doing that? And he said, I'm scared that I'm not going to be able to provide for my family. And this person said back to him, do you think that you're providing for your family now? For the believer, for the, for the Christian, for the God-honoring person, one of the benefits of that, I often tell people, if you care about nothing else, Right? If, if, you just, if you're just selfish and, and want a better life, one of the benefits of being a believer is that 
you know that you're not the one where the that's providing for your family or 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 in or or at the the buck doesn't stop with you you know that you're not that one you know you you know that there's someone greater there's something greater that is responsible for everything and sometimes we think especially our types right if you're if you're a business owner or you're an entrepreneur and you have some success sometimes it's easy to to start to think that it's because of you or that and, and even not even not even in a bad way not even that you're trying to take the credit for it but even for me like you are you feel the responsibility of all the things that depend on what you're acting on, what you're doing. And there is responsibility with that. Like when I coach people, oftentimes entrepreneurs can be reckless and there is a responsibility to the people that you're responsible for, all the things that are moving, right? There is a responsibility, but it is not, you're not ultimately responsible for things outside of your control. And God is, especially when you're pursuing a missional objective. But when you're called to do something, you have this, you can actually have this peace. So I think that that's really important. Okay, so I spent a lot of time on worry. I really want to break this down. Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything in prayer and supplication. Okay, that word supplication is often in, in the NIV, it's petition, but it's essentially the action of begging for something earnestly and humbly. Right, so it's like intense prayer, right? So when you're, when, if there's something that you fear, right, will happen, what do we do, all right? What, what do we do about it? It says it right here. First of all, give it to God in prayer and not just once, but over and over and over again. Petition for that thing. You know, a negative health diagnosis. It's not just one prayer, it's petitions, it's extra people a bad situation that potentially could happen or is currently happening, it's prayer and petition. Just, or a small fear that's just clouding your mind. It's prayer and petition. It says, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. So giving those desires to him with a thankful heart. We've talked about the idea of thanksgiving and gratitude, and it's, it's a cliche thing in, in like the entrepreneurial space right now. Thanksgiving is really interesting because only in recent history has thanksgiving become something that you do after you receive something. There was a movement around a lot of things inside of culture and language, and one thing that came out of that was thanksgiving started to become something that you did to be cordial, right? And that's not a bad thing. But is it possible we don't understand Thanksgiving to its fullest extent? Is it possible that Thanksgiving is actually meant before the thing happens? It's that actually that is the, the leverage point, one of God's laws that if you, Put yourself in a position of believing and expecting and giving thanks 
for the thing, that the thing is more likely to happen. Like I said, it's only recent in the recent history where Thanksgiving has been placed. The idea of giving thanks has been done after you get something. But in the, in the ancient world and in the Bible, you always see Thanksgiving before. So in everything, by prayer and supplication, with Thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This verse seven is the promise, right? So you're, so, so to remove anxiety, you go to God in prayer. The promise is, is that the peace of God, which surpasses your understanding, right? So it may be an irrational peace, irrational peace, surpasses all your understanding. And this is the promise, it will guard your heart which is your emotions and it'll guard your mind, which is your thoughts because you're in Christ Jesus. Guarding your heart and guarding your mind, that's actually something that I've gotten more and more focused on. We've talked about the idea of feelings, thoughts, actions, right? It's hard to control our feelings. It's hard to control our thoughts. Really all we can physically control is our actions, right? And so, yes, there's, there's strength, there's mental strength, right? In being able to frame thoughts and think certain thoughts and, and, and all that, right? There is some stuff you can do there. But feelings and thoughts are really hard to, to, to really influence directly, to change. And I think it's so interesting here that it says, he'll guard the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds, your feelings and your thoughts. What is it when you're worried that is giving you the problem? It's your thoughts, it's your feelings, right? There's no physical thing. There's not a thing right now, right? It's a future that you're worried about. Guarding your hearts and minds every day is so important. Guarding the hearts and minds of our kids every day, covering them with prayer is so important. I started, I've started to pray as we, as we go into the day where all my kids go to school and things. I've started to pray that God will not only protect them physically, but will protect their hearts and their minds because the heart and the mind, that's really where the devil gets in. That's really where it starts is in the heart and the mind. The idea of anxiety, this epidemic of, of suicide and um, and depression and all these mental conditions. It's in the heart and the mind. And so guarding our hearts and minds in this is so important. I just want to end in one with one little point here. What do you do? So if you're anxious or if you want to protect yourself from being anxious, right? Because look, we don't make decisions well when we're anxious. We actually focus on the wrong thing, right? We focus on the negative and we know that focusing on the negative or focusing on anything will increase the likelihood that that thing will happen, right? And so what can you do when you're feeling anxiety, when you're feeling worry or in advance of that? Well, it goes to action. 
right? And, and, and one of the things right here is in everything in prayer and petition with thanksgiving, give your request to God, right? So that's one action that you can take. Prayer, consistent prayer, intense prayer, humble prayer with thanksgiving. That's one action. The other action is in verse four and it's how he starts this whole section is why I mentioned verse four. Verse four says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Um, I'm not a Bible scholar, um, but I was speaking with someone about this idea of, of, of how, how things are written in the Bible. And they were telling me how when something's repeated, right? They didn't have like exclamation points and double exclamation points and emojis and all these different things that we have, right? Um, the idea is that when someone was, something was to be emphasized in the Bible, they repeated it, okay? So this says, rejoice in the Lord when? Always, not sometimes, always. And then again, I say rejoice. So why would he start with that? before he jumps into Paul, before he jumps into all this stuff about anxiety and then being able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you really you know, down there in verse 13 at the end. Why would he start with that? Maybe, is it possible that one of the actions that we need to be taking is giving praise and rejoicing and being joyful, choosing to be joyful, always, always right? He repeats it. Is it possible that choosing like the decision, it's, you may not feel like rejoicing. You may not feel like, feel joyful. You may not feel like praising, but choosing to do it in advance of, of, of the problems, of the worry, of the anxiety and in it, right? It's, a, it's both a preventative action and it's also an action that if you're in it, can have a change. Is it possible that rejoicing and giving joy, joy, choosing to do that always, all the time, can actually help us stay out of worry and even eliminate and short circuit the worry when it's there? That is the other action. So, so when we're worrying, it's rejoicing and it's giving thanks and praying and making our requests known. And the promise is that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Notice how it doesn't say the promise is that the situation changes because the situation is a future thing with worry, right? Even, even if you currently have a bad situation, the thing you're worried about is something in the future. So it's all in our minds. It's, it, the mind is fascinating and, and, and all the, but here's the, here's the hope. All of the things that create worry and anxiety and, and pain and depression, all these different things that are inside of our mind and not in our physical situation, all of those things can be used to the positive, to our advantage, just with, with as much impact as it does to the negative. We just need to be aware of it take hold of it and be able to change it and use it. And man, that's, that's so powerful for, for uh, just any, anyone who 
especially if you're an entrepreneur, you're a high performance uh, person, you are someone who, who has a lot of ambition. You're someone who's chasing potential, someone who's building a business, someone who's leading a family, someone who's leading an organization, someone who has a calling that they're pursuing. Eliminating the worry and the anxiety should be a big part of your strategy because it is probably the number one thing keeping you from achieving those things. So that's why I think this is so important and so interesting for us today. So I hope this was helpful and I hope it was useful to you guys. I hope it was inspiring. I was a little more intense today than normal. Uh, Usually I do these devos a little bit more laid back, but it's just such an important and powerful topic. Um, If you'd like to learn more about me or even potentially get these devotionals first thing in the morning, get them texted to you, visit bizdevo.com. That's B-I-Z-D-E-V-O.com. Or you can visit kennethott.com. That's my name to find more and you can sign up and, uh, and even get these in your inbox daily. So anyway, have a great day. Thanks and never stop growing.